Hey, I'm Daddy, and this is Daddy as Fuck, a throw-it-all-at-me discussion about poly, kink, DDLG, and BDSM, with an emphasis on power exchange through the eyes of a soft DDLG dynamic. You'll hear stories, opinions, and perspectives as we journey through an alternative way of life, what has worked, what hasn't, and thoughts about how to manage choices on a path less taken. So thanks for joining us today, and let's get going down the bunny hole. Hey, this is Daddy, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of Daddy as Fuck, Gender Dysphoria as a Daddy. Today, I'm going to be talking about gender dysphoria and general dysphoria, which is inspired from a message that I received from a listener who was asking about bottom dysphoria. Before I get started, let's get to some definitions so everybody out there who's listening has some context on today's episode. So, what is dysphoria? Dysphoria is a feeling of dissatisfaction, anxiety, and restlessness. With gender dysphoria, the discomfort with your male or female body can be so intense that it can interfere with your normal life. For instance, at school or work or during social activities and even in your relationships. And as it specifically relates to the listener who wrote in about bottom dysphoria, Bottom dysphoria is a term often used to describe one's discomfort with their genitalia mismatching their gender identity. Bottom dysphoria, as in bottom, what you got down below, and how it relates to your feeling of dissatisfaction as it connects to your gender and or sexual identity. So let's get to the message from uh, my listener. So the message states, and I'm going to take excerpts from the message that... um, I guess I don't want to say spoke to me, but I think are going to be most relevant to the content that will be the most meaningful in my response episode. So here we go. The, me- the listener writes, I am biologically female and I am a daddy. I always knew I was dominant, but I first realized I was a daddy when I had my first DDLG relationship in high school. I've been involved in a few relationships that had lots of DDLG tinges, but more within the past year or so. The intensity and mental involvement of having the role of daddy has increased exponentially. My experience with gender has always been extremely confusing, but at the same time kind of senseless. What I mean to say is that I could care less about what pronouns people use or if someone misgenders me. I've always been a masculine person in the way I act and dress for the most part. I feel the female side of things emotionally, and I'm pretty comfortable this way, except when it comes down to sex and way more specifically DDLG. I get bottom dysphoria, and I only ever experience it in a sexual sense. My belief, as of the present, is that I guess I think I'm just annoyed that I have to pretend I have a dick. It's more about the frustration and anxiety I have when it comes down to the denotations my own brain associates with the quote-unquote daddy role. Porn definitely has a lot to do with it. I think the porn, coupled with the male, masculine, gender, and sex roles, wired my brain to believe a daddy has to be a man that has a giant cock. Which just so happens to be how I feel when I'm in any sexual situation, really. It ends up becoming kind of toxic because I have this image in my head of masculinity in a sexual way. I'm aware you're a straight cis man, so you may not completely understand, but I was wondering if you had any insight as a daddy or if you've ever heard of this type of issue before. 
Well, I'm going to be honest, I am a cis male, and although I've never experienced anything quite from this perspective before, because I've always been comfortable in my body, um, you know, I identify as a man, I'm, you know, I, I have male equipment, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty pretty secure and comfortable with it at this point uh, in my late 40s, but I've definitely gone through my times where, you know, even as a cis male, you're talking about having a, you know, having a dick or being uh, a daddy has to be a man with a giant cock. I mean, definitely. I mean, I'm going to get into more of this later, but I can certainly identify with aspects of that and having dysphoria with my own parts because I would consider myself average, but every porn I've ever watched and every daddy story I've ever read talk about spreading her so wide. She thought she was going to split open. And, you know, of course, porno movies are like, how big of a cock can I fit in that hole? You know, so very rarely do you see average men or average male equipment. Uh, for that matter, very rarely do, do you see in mainstream porn average female <laughs> equipment portrayed in a um, norm as a normative sexual role model, you know, for sexuality. I think porn, as I'll talk about more, is a very unhealthy place to develop a sense of sexuality. So, Daddy's disclaimer on this topic is: I am a cis male, but as I've said in other episodes, my podcast is designed for everybody. And even though I'm coming at it from a heteronormative, you know, cis male headspace, the context of being a daddy and the DS and the DDLG applies to just about everyone and anyone. And I took on this episode because my heart goes out to the listener. And it's it's really hard to believe I can identify with, with that because we seem so far separated on the sexual gender, identi- gender identity spectrum, right? But absolutely not. Because as a human being, I can completely identify with not being comfortable with my body, with looking down at my equipment and feeling inadequate. You know, e- even though I identify with my gender and look at my equipment, there have been times, and I will get into this later, that um, I have definitely felt dysphoria with my body and with myself as as a male. So you're you're not alone, even though. Um, you know, you're writing in as someone who is biologically female but identifies as male. You're in good company of many of us who have experienced our own sense of dysphoria with our bodies, with our gender identities, with our roles, uh, se- roles in sexuality. Even though I'm male and identify as a male sexually, I have still experienced dysphoria bottom dysphoria in my own way and dysphoria in general in the masculine being male and being masculine so you are not alone in your dysphoria and i hope i do as good a job as i intend to in bringing the message together full circle and underscoring exactly how it relates to ddlg in a way that hopefully will help you through some of these twisted and thorny brambles that obscure our beautiful bunny hole down into our dynamics. So here we go. As we move further into this topic, I just want to recall that a couple of episodes ago, or in the past couple of episodes, when I have said, bring the daddy energy, well, 
I'm going to speak to the listener now and say that it sounds like you are chock full of daddy energy. I mean, you have the heart and the desire to be a daddy. You have the experience being a daddy. You can feel the identity of your daddiness just soaking through and you have an obstacle, right? There's something in the way. And it sounds like there's a break in integrity between your physical body and the denotations you have on masculine sexuality. So basically, let me break that down. So you were born, born biologically female, but you identify as male. And then you also have these ideas around what it is to be masculine. And those ideas, those denotations around what it is to be masculine, particularly masculine sexuality, is amplifying this experience of dysphoria. And it's the break between the two, right? You, have, you don't have the equipment, so you feel bad about it. It, it's, and it's disrupting your experience of bringing the daddy energy in a way that the world around you is telling you you should be bringing the daddy energy. So I want to go on to say that um, being a daddy has absolutely nothing to do with gender or sex. Okay, so let's, let's just back up out of all of our bodies for a second. Let's just put the equipment aside, right? doesn't matter if your partner is a man or a woman, biologically male, biologically female. It doesn't matter how, given their plumbing, they identify even inside of that body. All that matters is that there is someone who is taking on a dominant daddy role, and there is someone who is taking on a submissive little girl role. That is what's happening. Okay, It's a very basic form. DDLG is about the daddy, and it's about the little girl. Okay, so let's stop right there, because being a daddy has absolutely nothing to do with gender or sex. If we were to create the perfect form of a DDLG dynamic, of a DS dynamic, you you would have this big bubble that is the daddy, and you would have this little cute pink bubble that is the little girl. It doesn't have to be pink. (laughs) But... You would have a daddy form and you would have a little girl form, okay? And the two would relate in a certain way and how that plays out is up to you and how you carry out your DDLG relationship. But there is a daddy and there is a little girl, okay? Gender and sex have nothing to do with it. So if we start there in its most basic form, all of the gender identity and the normatives just kind of melt away, okay? So if you kind of go back into that place in your mind and seek the root, the seat of your identity as a daddy and as a little girl, you can connect with that which drives you. And that's your safe space. That's your home. If you're a daddy and you identify as a daddy, that's a safe space for you. And that's your home. And nothing can take that away from you. There's no dysphoria about being a daddy. The dysphoria only starts to develop when you start to, you know, expand that out into how it relates to the outside world and what masculinity is supposed to look like and what body you were born with. But if you are having trouble expressing your daddiness, it has nothing to do with your identity as a daddy. Okay, so being a daddy is number one. That's number one. Gender is quite irrelevant, honestly. And sexually speaking, sex is just one of the many ways to connect physically. I mean, hairbrushing, cuddling, 
nap time, walks, holding hands. You know, I'm just being a little ridiculous right now because the whole main thrust is there. there is an issue with like expressing sexuality, right? But let's just break it down. As far as physical intimacy goes, sex is one of the many ways to connect physically as a daddy to your little girl. More often than not, my physical connection with baby girl looks absolutely nothing like what I have internalized sex to be my whole life and spent my whole life up until meeting her chasing and trying to conform to this idea of what sex should look like in my head and trying to bend and twist myself in and around my partner, sometimes literally, (laughs) to conform to this notion of what sex should look like so that I could feel like, oh, I did a good job. But with baby girl... You know, sex between her and I looks looks nothing like what I've internalized it to be. And if she were here, she would likely tell you that our physical intimacy looks nothing like sex or making love as either of us have ever witnessed or ever seen depicted before. Quite honestly, I've, I've never seen a movie or read a story or imagined even a scene where sex... And the sexual experience and the sexual exchange and the exchange of physical intimacy can be what it is between my little girl and I. And that's something we've cultivated and that's something that's available to you. What your physical intimacy looks like is up to you. So from my perspective, baby girl and I have found a way of connecting physically that satisfies us both physically. I mean, we both get off, but that's not the goal. And it looks absolutely nothing like what sex and making love do or have in our other relationships. It's our special expression of dynamic through our bodies in the moment. And it kind of evolved, you know, through the normative. You know, when we met, we met on FetLife. Uh, well, we didn't meet on FetLife. We were kind of introduced on FetLife. But if you've listened to season one, then you realize that we, we actually met by at we met kind of quasi randomly at a bar like we had messaged, hey, we going to this thing. And she was like, maybe. And I didn't know if she was going to go. And I saw this girl at the party and uh, at the munch. And, and I like was like, whoa, who is that? And I kind of stalked her through the crowd like prey, not in a creepy way, just kind of observing. Is she here with anyone who she's talking to? And then I just like was involved in one of the conversations she was in and introduced myself and off we went. And as soon as I introduced myself, it was then I realized that, oh my God, that's the girl that messaged me like two days ago. And, and oh my God, you're her. Holy shit. So we didn't really meet on FetLife, but um, we, we met at random, at a random munch. So our, our relationship evolved in, I guess, kind of, I, I really want to be hesitant when I say this, but in a typical fashion, you know, Dom meets Sub and away they go. And, you know, we went through all the toys, we went through all the scenarios, we did the rope, we did the impact, we, we did all of the things. And, you know, we landed on DDLG and that's evolved. You know, we, we've, we had a lot of focus on sex. We've had some great sex. We found our way through the sex and it was good fucking and it looked like sex and it looked like porn and it looked like kinky porn and BDSM porn. And it was some good shit and is some good shit. And we can still have sex like that. But It doesn't thrill us the way relating physically through our dynamic does. So to the listener, I'm going to say there's something available to you that maybe, just maybe you haven't explored yet. 
as far as physical intimacy. And I think it has something to do with what we'll get into, which is the break in integrity between, you know, your physical body and your denotations on masculine. And I think you're collapsing those into what sex, what masculine should look like and what your sexual experience might need to look like as a result. And I'd like to offer my story as just something a little bit different that maybe we can um, deconstruct this and kind of unbox the two and unpack the two and separate them. Because sex is such a small component of our relationships. I mean, first and foremost, like I said in this segment, you're a daddy and nothing can change that. Your sex, your identity, your body, your plumbing, nothing can change your identity as a daddy. Nothing. So hold on to that, okay? Sex is such a small component of our relationships, but so much of being a daddy has to do with one more dominant person taking charge of the physical, mental, and emotional well-being of a more submissive person who finds safety, security, and freedom and grounding in this form of DS power exchange relationship. I mean, that's where it's at. That is the root. That is the root of our DDLG, and that's where we live. That's the chewy center. That's the, the basement of our castle that everything's built on, right? What about that says anything about plumbing? I mean, other than the fact that plumbing is in the basement of most houses, but I'm not really helping my, my, my point here, am I? <laughs> okay, bad parallel to draw. Forget the castle analogy. What I'm saying is that being a daddy has to do with the dynamic of you identifying as a daddy and your partner identifying as a little girl. And that person, and you both come together to find the safety, security, and freedom and grounding in the expression of this kind of dynamic. You want to take care of your little girl. Your little girl craves to be taken care of by you. Boom. That says absolutely nothing about plumbing. What you got downstairs don't matter in that scenario. So unpacking number one, being a daddy is being a daddy. It don't matter what you got for piping, okay? When you start to bring the piping into the scenario, that's where things start to get complicated. That's where the break in integrity starts to happen. And you start to say, well, I am this way, but I feel this way. Well, why do you feel that way? Well, let's start unpacking some of that because none of that itself can address bottom dysphoria, right? They have to be unpacked. We have to see them as two separate characteristics of our experience. The dynamic and identity as a daddy on the one, and your sexuality and identification with the masculine on the other. Specifically, your masculinity, not as defined by social global standards. So I'm going to say to the listener that you are a daddy. Regardless of your physical body parts or gender identity, being a daddy is a form of fucking DS. Nothing at all precludes any person from embracing the joys of being a daddy and cultivating that type of relationship, period. End fucking game. Nothing prevents you from being a daddy. And then on the other side, we also have definitions of masculine that are ingrained in us from a young age. And to the listener, you mentioned having no problem dissecting your gender dysphoria to understand if it could be something more. And I'm willing to bet the farm that there is a lot more, just like there is for all of us. So here, let me tell you a story. (laughs) 
So let me tell you a little story. Pull up your blanket, grab your stuffy, curl up nice and cozy because it's story time with daddy. Okay, this is a kind of an ugly story though. <laughs> but it's going to set some context, right? It's going to take the um it's going to take the experiences I've had with my dysphoria and and help to um demonstrate that this is not something unique. Um, th- this, this is not something that, um, our listener needs to feel like, oh my God, I'm all alone in this. Okay. Uh, please. I do not want anybody out there to feel like if they're, they have this sense of dysphoria because your gender identity is different from your biology. It may feel like you're alone because yeah, obviously I'm a cis male and you were born female, but you bond with female body parts, but you really identify as male. So yeah, that's, those are worlds apart, right? Well, that might make you feel like you're incredibly alone and I can't identify, but I'm here to say that no, you're not alone because suffering fills the entire being. It does not matter the reason. If you're feeling dysphoria, and I'm feeling dysphoria, we can help each other. So let me tell you my story. My first exposure to sex was in fifth grade. Masters and Johnson, that wonderful video about the male penis fits inside the female vagina and ejaculates sperm that results in a potential pregnancy. Yeah, that was cool. That was hot. Uh, I can't wait to do it. (laughs) My first exposure to sexuality was my dad's discarded Playboys and videotapes. Porn, right? And porn it remained for six long years until I actually got to experience it in the flesh. And by the time I got through those six years and had like explored the whole world of porn with my body... I was ready to take it out in the streets. So when I met my first um, girlfriend, you know, everything had to be like porn, you know. And well into my 30s, porn became the gold standard by which to judge and grade my performance and relationships by. Then came swinging. Oh boy, this is where the dysphoria comes in. So as a cis male in swinging... I experienced uh, a total mindfuck of being dissatisfied, anxious, and restless as a man in a man's body that wasn't performing like I was convinced a man's body should. I looked around and I saw other men that had no problems meeting random couples with their partner and running off to the bedroom and having a great time and then meeting another couple the next night and running off into the bedroom and having a great time. And pretty much 80% of the times that I tried that, I ended up being the one laying there with the softy wondering why I'm a fucking loser when there's an incredibly attractive to me individual that's into me and wants me and is hot for me and it's like pretty much every fucking porn that I've ever watched in my life oh you met by the pool at the bar and flirted and made innuendos that became just a little bit something more which you followed into the bedroom and then clothes hit the floor oh that was a real Dr. Seuss moment wasn't there but no 
that's not what happened because as much as I wanted to just incredibly explode with sexuality and masculinity, I, I just seemed that every bit of that focus and intensity just knotted up and made me get smaller and tighter and smaller and tighter and smaller and tighter. And every bit of anxiety I felt just focused on my groin to the point where I felt like I had a tourniquet around my cock and it just would not fill with blood. And that is the most frustrating fucking experience. And when you just when the listener wrote in and described how, um, you know, I just wish I had a big dick to, you know, face fuck this person with. That's how I felt half of fucking time when I was swinging and I had an attractive person in front of me that I was into, but I couldn't do anything with them. And I had the fucking equipment. And it's at that point where I completely identified with everything that you were saying. And honestly, I don't know which one is worse. Not having the equipment and wishing you did or having the equipment and the fucking shit won't work. And, I'm, you know, I'm not in this to debate which is worse because they both fucking suck. And they both fucking sucked for the same reasons. And it was a total mind fuck. And I began to hate my parts. And I began to hate sex. And I began to feel the hint of resenting women. And it became a joke that uh, with my, my wife and I that, yeah, you know, all you need is a fucking smile and a bottle of lube. And, you know, you can fake your, your way into the first 10 minutes before you get warmed up. And, you know, then you're going to enjoy it. I, I can't do that. That's not possible, not without drugs. And I'm sorry, but I have this little thing that tells me, hey, if, you know, my body isn't working, it's probably for a reason. And, um, you know, that's probably not for the best to be taking drugs at the time to try to force my way through it. Um, I feel a little bit differently about that now because sometimes I think that drugs can be used as a therapeutic to help you overcome physical barriers and work through emotions if you're using them in tandem with therapy or self, you know, some sort of a, you know, self-guided program of, dis of self-discovery and self-improvement. Yes, I feel that they, they can work um, wonders. But in my case, I just wanted to bang that hot chick, but I couldn't. So I wasn't about to pop a pill because obviously there was something going on inside of my head and my heart that I needed to get to the bottom of. And, and I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit more. But my realization was that in my heart, um, what was in my heart was being echoed in my body. And that's kind of one of the reasons I didn't take the drugs, because, you know, if, if I couldn't get it up, there was a reason for it. Right. And I just in my heart, I just really wasn't into it. And, and my body was pretty much displaying that. So, you know, I, I didn't want to push that. And, and it was incredibly frustrating because as much as I wanted to get over that hump, but I'm bump. Um, I, I, I did in the end, um, and I, and I found the reasons, but in the, in the moment, I, until I found those reasons, I never would have realized what they were. And it probably would have been very, led to some very damaging experience if, experiences if I had forced my way through them. So my realization was that what was in my heart was being echoed in my body. And that dysphoria was a result of pursuing something that I was convinced I should be. 
I should be this hot and horny man who wants to fuck chicks and has this huge swinging dick that can do it in a moment's notice. Oh, she's got her clothes off. She's on her knees. I should be hard as a rock. That's what happens when you're a guy and there's a girl in front of you who wants to suck your dick. It's hard, right? That's, that's, you know, that's how it works because that's how it works in the porn and that's how masculinity is and that's what sex is and what's wrong with me that it's not working right now. So I was convinced that I should be doing something because I had the parts rather than following my heart and trusting my instincts to guide me to the experience that I wanted and the life that I loved because that wasn't it. And that's what my body was trying to tell me, that I was trying to live up. There was a break in integrity, right? I was trying to, I had the parts, but I was trying to live up to something, some standard that was outside of myself that had become something other than who I was as a person. And the break in integrity between like, hey, I have these parts and I'm going to use them for this thing that I think I should be using them for. And my body was like, no, you don't, you don't want that. That's, that's, that's not what you want. That's like, that's something like, that's some stupid standard out there that you you're, you got yourself convinced that you should be doing that. That's what sexuality looks like. That's what men look like. But at the same time, you're kind of disgusted by it. So, of course, I wasn't turned on because I was kind of disgusted with myself for wanting to be that way. It wasn't the experiences or the life that I wanted. It was the experiences and the life that I was telling myself that I should want because I'm a guy and I got the cock and I should be able to use it. So, I really began to hate my parts and I really began to hate sex. All I really wanted was to feel connected through an organic attraction and mutual passion for the shared experience of physical intimacy. I didn't want to judge myself against a fucking standard anymore. And unfortunately, in the swinging lifestyle, that's all there fucking is. It's like everything is like porn. You know, it's that that's exactly the culture that... I mean, shit, at the fucking resort had had uh, five free porn channels. I was stuck down in Jamaica during a hurricane once. And um, I mean, it was a bad it was a bad hurricane. And uh, <laughs> we had satellite TV and the only channels that worked were the porn. What the fuck does that tell you? Right. Yeah. So all I really wanted, though, was something real. And once I realized what I wanted, it seemed like not only did this, this swinger life not support that, but it just seemed superfluous to measure it against any gold standard, right? Those gold standards didn't apply anymore. They were irrelevant. For me, sex with, I, was I, with someone was either a fuck yes or a no thank you. And once I gave myself the permission to make that choice for myself and not measure myself up against some gold standard, where what, what do you mean no thank you? Look at her. What the? Look at her. Just go in the bedroom. Everything will fucking work out. You're a man. Shit's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Right. Because that's how it works in the pornos, right? Yeah. uh, I'd love to be behind scenes in some of those pornos because they must inject the ecstasy directly into the cock and balls. So after I realized that and gave myself permission um, to say, well, I I have a choice here. I, I can make a choice 
outside of what I expect myself, how I expect myself to be as a man, what I expect masculine to look like. Once I decided to make a choice for myself about what masculine was for me, things started to really shift. And my sexuality moved away from anything that was defined by my performance or the parts involved, and instead it became another form of self-expression, right? An extension of intimacy in the relationship, one where two consenting partners connected through the act of being physically vulnerable with one another. And doesn't that sound a lot like something that I brought up in my aftercare episode, where aftercare is just taking care of your partner after having both been incredibly physically vulnerable with one another. So, you know, kind of connecting some of the threads here. And it's at that point that, you know, I gave myself permission to like make a choice, like choose, dude, choose. What do you want? Do you want to like try to meet up, you know, do you want to try to live up to this gold standard or do you, do you want to find an experiences and enjoy experiences that work based on your definition of what masculine is for you. And once I started to make that choice, my sexuality moved into the realm where equipment really didn't matter. You know, my plumbing didn't matter. The position didn't matter. The outcome didn't matter. There was no longer a cast of porn characters cheering me on from the shadows of my mind, waiting to give me a high five for coming on her face or patting my back in consolation if I didn't have a rock star showing that night. It's okay. You'll be better the second time. All right. Drink up, buddy. Get those fluids in. Come on. We got to we gotta recoup and show her what you really got. No, no, thanks. I'm all, I'm all good. You know, it was, it was really nice. I enjoyed my time together. I got nothing to prove here. That was wonderful. And um, my sexuality began to rapidly evolve away from the mores or mores or however the fuck you say it that I cast for myself and the standards that I mistakenly had been holding myself to. So there's the unpacking of that toxic masculinity, right? I had toxic masculinity that had a chokehold on me well into my late 30s and early 40s. Um, it, it took me many, many years to cast it off because I was involved in a lifestyle that was just supported that toxic masculinity and that image of, um, you know, porn style sex and being a quote unquote real man, you know, um, and it, it was just, it was really bad. It was really bad for me. And, uh, I realized out of that, that, Hey, you know, I can decide what masculinity means for me, I can define what masculine looks like. I don't, I don't need porn, the porn industry to tell me. I don't need society to tell me. I don't need movies and sitcoms to tell me. I don't even fucking need podcasts to tell me. I decide what my version of masculine looks like. So let's talk about redefining sex and your masculine. So let's start unpacking here so we can do a little bit of um, redefining sex and redefining your masculine. 
Um, as we've kind of dissected in other segments in this episode, being a daddy, it's a role. You know, it's an energy you bring to the relationship. It's a way of being, nurturing, and caring that transcends the physical. Anybody, regardless of the plumbing they're born with or the, or the um, you know, gender identity that they, they hold in their hearts and in their minds, anybody can be a daddy. That's a role, right? And if we unpack that and we put that on the table, there it is. There it sits. And then also there's, you know, mentally you may identify as masculine. You have a lot of masculine energy. And and though you may feel emotionally as as a woman, you feel emotions as a woman would. You may identify with expressing those and carrying yourself with a lot of masculine energy. Okay, that's a mindset. So put that on the table. You can be both of those things. You can be a daddy. You can feel emotionally like a woman. You can also carry out and execute and take actions. You know, with, from from the perspective of being masculine and and um, and how to, how did the I just want to reach back and say how the original original um, listener that wrote in said, you know, for example, I've always been a masculine person and how I act and how I dress for the most part, but I feel the female side of things emotionally. Okay, great. So mentally speaking, you know, you you approach things, you feel things emotionally as a woman, but you approach things with, with a lot of masculine energy. Okay, that's a mindset. So you have the role of being a daddy, but the mindset of masculine, but you feel the emotions of a woman. Okay, that's all great. Unpack those things. Put them on the table. One, two, three. Okay, so so far, so good. We're good. Those are some three solid things to hold on to. Now, where we start to get sticky is when we roll into sex. And where we're running into a problem rolling into sex is because our view of sex as it correlates to masculinity, is a certain way. It requires certain parts. Okay, so we have stuck in our heads this notion that in order to carry out this masculine image of sex that I have in my head, I require X parts to do so. So let me stop right there because that's the break in integrity. And let's break that down, okay? You're a daddy. You feel the emotions from a female perspective, but you act and dress uh, from, from a masculine perspective. Okay, so there's three things. Great. Let's move that into sex. But before we do, let's take one tiny step at a time. And I'm not going to go too deep with this because, you know, this could be a whole podcast in itself, this topic, but I'm going to stay very close to the original listener's message and what I also found that I identify with in the listener's message. So to the listener, you and I, when we think sex, I'm going to go out on a limb and and imagine that the first thing we think of is porn because porn was our first like real exposure to sex. Porn is the gold standard by which we measure sex and that is what sex is, okay? So let's take another tiny step. In DDLG, in power exchange dynamics, in relationships, deep physical intimacy can involve sex, yes, but deep physical intimacy, right, or any emotionality for that matter, is not a common calling card of porn, okay? How many porns did you watch where there was a very deep and loving dynamic? They don't exist. 
because if they did, they would be very boring to watch because the context through which an exchange like that happens is incredibly intimate and it occurs on such a level that it's just an expression of what is being exchanged between the vulnerability of both people. That shit don't sell. That shit don't sell. It's like the high fives and the Eiffel Towers and the arcing ropes of jism flying across the screen. That's the shit that sells the superstar sex stuff. The stuff that identifies with the normative. The stuff that fits in. And they're, they're, for all I know, there may be porn out there that portrays deep physical intimacy. But, geez, shocker, I've never seen it. Because what sells is something that promotes the notion of sex as everybody knows it. And everybody knows it because that's what we're all taught, because that's the only example that we're ever given. You know, like I said, fifth grade, Masters and Johnson. I wasn't taught that sex was like porn. I found that on my own. I wasn't taught that sex was a deep personal expression of vulnerability between two people who are sharing all of themselves with one another. It took me 47 years to find that shit on my own. So to call the physical exchanges that happen inside your DS dynamic, quote unquote, sex is a disservice to the incredibly expansive space of safety, security, and vulnerability that you and your partner are creating, okay? So let's take another little tiny step into this. We've already passed by the fact that sex is sex. We've already passed by the fact that sex, when we all think of sex, we think of porn. And we've, all, and we've already passed by the fact that deep physical intimacy and this exchange of intense vulnerability that happens inside these dynamics of, you know, um, kink and BDSM and DS, um, you know, type of sexual physical intimate exchanges, those are, are personally unique to the individuals that are experiencing it. So, you know, we're walking, tiptoeing gently down deeper and deeper into the bunny hole here because, Sex in your dynamic has absolutely nothing to do with porn. It has absolutely nothing to do with slapping your big dick in her face. It has absolutely nothing to do with what we have been taught that sexual normatives are. They have no, in fact, they have no place in our relationships. The more we strive to make our relationships fit sexual normative, the more we're focusing on something outside of our relationship as a source of connectivity with one another. When we're missing the fact that the connectivity that our relationships would organically generate are far more valuable to us and that those are only available to us if we access them through not only our identity as a daddy, but the mindset that we bring to it. And the mindset that you're bringing to it is the mindset of masculine. And it's irrelevant what fucking parts we have down below. And it's irrelevant how we use them. 
Now, I can see how easy it would be for bottom dysphoria to take a stranglehold over a casual DDLG play date. You know, you just met someone, you know, you've talked, whatever, you vetted, and, and now you're going to get together and, you know, the, the, the plan is to do some rope and have some sex. You know, I, I can I can see where bottom dysphoria would be like, well, I, I really want to, like, pound the shit out of her, but I don't have the equipment to do it. This is fucking frustrating. Or, you know, maybe it's a partner with that you, you play date with from time to time. Yes, yes, yes. I can absolutely see where bottom dysphoria would take a stranglehold in those situations. As a matter of fact, you know, some of my swinger ghosts came to haunt me when I was doing the play date thing and having play partners, you know. So I, I totally get that. Walking a thin line right there and we're going to have to deal with our demons. We're going to have to deal with our breaks in integrity because why? Because we're holding ourselves to some standard. We don't have that established level of intimacy and connection with that person where we're going deep and we're getting vulnerable and we're expressing our true selves. Nope, we're just fucking. Well, if you're just fucking, then, then, then yes. If I was just fucking, yes, I would imagine that I'm going to have to still continue to work through some of my ghosts about you know, measuring myself up against the gold standard. I'm going to have to take an act, be an active participant in my own head and working through like those challenges for myself. But if you're in a deeply intimate relationship and cultivating a transformative DS power exchange relationship centered on being a daddy, well, everything that comes forth from that is going to come from your identity as a daddy. And daddy identity has nothing to do with parts. It has nothing to do with identity, sexual, or gender at all. Being a daddy's being a dad. Period. So if you're in a deeply intimate relationship and you're cult- cultivating that transformative DS power exchange, then whatever your whenever your little girl touches you in that special way, in when you're in that place. When you're in that daddy space and you're bringing the masculine mindset Whenever your little girl touches you in that special way, it won't fucking matter what parts you have. It's just you and your little girl. There are alternate framings available to us. And if we're ready and willing to let go of our own personal gold standards that we adopted along with the rest of the world that makes the porn industry a multi-million slash whatever fuck billion dollar industry it is, if we're willing to get off of that train and reframe our sexuality as it suits our needs and our version of masculine and our version of sexual and gender identity, and tell ourselves and give ourselves the permission that it is okay, that this is who I am, and this is what I need, and this is what I want. And we're willing to choose ourselves and bring the daddy energy with the masculine mindset. It's not going to matter what body parts are at play. All that matters is that you and your little girl are being incredibly vulnerable with one another in a very intimate space that involves physicality. When we measure our sexuality to some external scorecard of length, duration, positions, body parts involved, quantity of orgasms, we're missing the whole point of physical intimacy. 
When we're constantly judging our own performance against standards that pre-exist our relationship and standards that sit outside of our relationship, we're not only discounting the meaningfulness of the exchange with our partner, we're selling ourselves short. We're inviting into our DS dynamic and into our daddy space so much irrelevant material from the normative. And we're already in such a far from fucking normative state. Why? Why even bring normative into it when there are so many other more meaningful and relevant framings that are available to us to view our sexuality in our dynamic through? That porn I saw when I was 10 had no relevance in the relationships I had when I was 30. And as fucking adults, we get to decide what sex and intimacy look like. We get to decide the boundaries of masculine that are available to us. Masculine energy has nothing to do with plumbing. But when we take that next step and relate it to plumbing, we are giving away our sense of masculinity, which is then going to erode our sense of being a daddy. And we're inviting it into the middle of our dynamic to completely implode it. That is why I unpacked it and said, nothing can challenge you being a daddy. And being, being masculine is a mindset. That's great. But when we allow the stories about our plumbing to invade our thoughts and just crawl into our thoughts and choices and the way we think and feel about our expression of sexuality, we're making the choice. We're making the choice to say, well, if X, then I can't be Y and it means that I'm not Z and fuck that shit. We are adults and we get to decide the boundaries. We get to choose the framing. Now, if I will say as a cis male, there is, I'm going to depart from my understanding of what may be a challenge for folks that identify as male but are born with a female, you know, biologically female, because if you've always, if you've always just wanted to have a pussy or you've always just wanted to have a penis and, and you can't get past that, then I'm not sure much of this will be a great help. But if you're okay with your sexual function and pleasure is available to you, something that has a lot to do with the brain, pleasure, then I'm telling you there are ways to frame your sexual experiences that can help dampen or even overcome that brain-body connection that's telling you that you don't deserve to, you know, to feel like a man because you don't have man parts. I mean, that's bullshit. Unless you've always wanted to have a penis or you've always wanted to have a vagina. And if you're dealing with that, I mean, that is something... Yes, I can. I cannot relate to that. I definitely cannot. And I can't even imagine what that would be like. Well, I I, I can imagine it, but I wouldn't be able to do it justice for the millions of people out there who experience that. Um, and, And like I said, otherwise, if you are able to enjoy sexual function and have pleasure available to you, then there is a brain-body connection that may help foster increasingly positive experiences if you are able to allow yourself to choose that masculine mindset and bring it into your exchanges, regardless of the plumbing that you have. You know, we are different with different people, 
And, you know, I was different with my play partners than I was with my baby girl. So I'm going to say that this has relevance here because you may be with someone right now where, you know, sex is sex. And there's that element of like, well, there's that gold standard element, you know, because your partner may be hung up on that gold standard. And your, your partner might be like, well, I just want to do X. You know, I just can you just do that? And, and, and that might challenge your version of masculinity. That might challenge your your mental um, hold on masculinity and, and draw attention to your physical parts. You know, that's, that's a possibility, but we are different with different people and with a different partner, you know, you, you might actually overcome that to the point where the parts won't matter. You can bring the daddy, you can bring the masculine energy and the parts won't fucking matter. Um, you know, at that point. And, and I guess it's, it's up to you and your partner to architect what physical intimacy looks like for your relationship too. And your dynamic will certainly help define what physical intimacy looks like for your DDLG. But, you know, from my perspective, when when your baby girl is in your arms and you're touching her and you're talking to her and you're holding her and making her feel special, there's absolutely nothing minimized when you tell her how daddy likes to be touched and telling her what daddy needs from his precious little girl. And at that point, do the parts involved really matter? Because you're bringing the daddy energy and you're doing it with a masculine mindset and you're able to experience positive sexual function and pleasure. So does it really matter the parts that are involved? And, and, and if it does, I guess that's where any advice I have in this podcast is going to, going to depart. And I can definitely raise my hand and say, okay, it's outside of my zone of understanding. But my final question to the listener would be as a biologically female daddy what would your ideal version of masculine look like and and i'm not talking about the physical you know i'm not talking about the gold standard of the big dick i'm talking about you I'm talking about you as a biologically female daddy what would your ideal version of masculine look like choosing yourself. Like if you had to stand here right now and say, I choose me, I choose my body. I choose being a biologically female daddy with a masculine mindset. I choose that. This is who I am. Well, what would your ideal version of masculine look like? How, how would it feel in your heart, in your thoughts, with your body, not through the filter of predisposed and pre-programmed thoughts based on outside influence and gold standards, but you here listening now and today, what is your version of masculine as a biologically female daddy? Because that's the only focal point you need. So go get it and bring the daddy energy. Well, hey, that wraps up this episode of Daddy as Fuck. And I just want to say that um, I really took a step outside of my comfort zone in creating this episode. Um, I want to send a heartfelt, heartfelt thanks out to the listener who wrote in with this topic. 
uh, knowing that I am cis male and trusting me to approach this topic with loving care. And I definitely had all intent to approach it with love, care and understanding. So I hope that everything I said is taken in that vein. And as as you can probably tell, I'm just going to give full disclosure here that I'm really like um, self-conscious that, um, you know, I said something that I shouldn't have or, you know, was... Uh, approach something from, you know, an, an offensive perspective, which I really don't think I did. But um, I, I certainly hope that listeners uh, that hear this podcast will will hear the love and support and understanding coming through and know that um, daddy is 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 here sharing his perspective from his journey in ways that um, hopefully can apply to anyone and everyone that is looking to be the best daddy they can be, regardless of gender identity, regardless of sexual identity, and regardless of the challenges that face them. Daddy is here and just wants to offer that, you know, this DDLG is available to anyone and everyone. And that that is my parting thought. So... If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes, um, please write in to daddy underscore AF at comcast.net. Thanks for listening and more to come soon. 